1: Tonight, it's a story from the Old West, as we hear Marshal Matt Dillon in Gunsmoke, an American radio and television western drama series created by director Norman MacDonald and writer John Meston. The stories take place in and around Dodge City, Kansas, during the settlement of the American West. And the central character is lawman Marshal Matt Dillon, played by William Conrad on radio and James Arness on television. The radio series ran from 1952 to 1961. A critic, John Dunning, wrote that among radio drama enthusiasts, Gunsmoke is routinely placed among the best shows of any kind at any time. Now, maybe a word or two here about the actor William Conrad, who portrayed the Marshal on radio. Conrad was one of the last actors to audition for the role of Marshal Dillon. With a powerful and distinctive voice, Conrad was already one of radio's busiest actors. And though writer John Meston championed him, the director, Norman MacDonald, thought Conrad might be overexposed. But during his audition, Conrad won over MacDonald after reading only a few lines. Dylan, as portrayed by Conrad, was a lonely, isolated man toughened by a hard life. MacDonald later claimed much of Matt Dillon's character grew out of Bill Conrad. Meston felt that few Westerns gave any inkling of how brutal the Old West was in reality. Many episodes were based on man's cruelty to man and women, inasmuch as the prairie woman's life and the painful treatment of women as chattels were touched upon. Now, Chester was played by Parley Bear on radio. He was no stranger to the medium. His first network show was The Whistler, which was soon followed by appearances on Escape, Suspense, Tales of the Texas Rangers the uh, CBS Radio Workshop, Lux Radio, and uh, several others, to name a few. In 1952, he began playing Chester, the unofficial deputy to Marshal Matt Dillon on Gunsmoke, eventually ad-libbing the character's full name, Chester Wesley Proudfoot. Bear's portrayal of Chester was generally considered his finest and most memorable role, and, as he often said, the one he found most fulfilling. Chester was Dillon's foil friend and partner. And in an episode in which Chester nearly dies, never pester Chester, Dylan allows that Chester was the only person he could really trust. And now the episode, The Botten Bride.
2: Around Dodge City and in the Territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers... And that's with the U.S. Marshal and the smell of Gun Smoke. Gun Smoke, starring William Conrad. The story of the violence that moved west with young America. The story of a man who moved with it. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal.
3: It had been some time since we'd had any real trouble. Anything more than throwing a few juiced up cowboys in jail to sober up for a few hours. And I liked it, peaceful for a change. And I hoped it would stay that
4: way.
3: Well, that morning, I'd gone to take a few catfish out of the Arkansas. When I got back to the office, I found a note from Chester saying he's at the Alafraganza having a beer.
4: Hello, John.
2: Over here, Mr. Dillon.
3: Any luck, sir? Oh, about a dozen, Chester. We'll have them for supper. No, that'll be fine. Oh, I, I, I've been telling Mr. Carter here about you, Mr. Dillon. Mr. Carter? Robert P. Carter. How do you do, Marshal? Hello, how are you? Buy you a drink? Well, huh, thank you. Yes, I believe I will. Uh, I think I'll have a beer. Bartender, a beer. Yes, Mr. Sir. Carter came in on the stage from Denver last Saturday.
5: Oh, you live in Denver, Mr. Carter? Oh, heavens no. New York, Marshal. I've only been west a few months. Investing money in gold mines and cattle and the like? Mr. Carter's very rich. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, Chester, I will be if Mother Nature holds out. His girl is
3: coming in on the stage today, Mr. Dillon. How oh, is that so? My fiance, Marshal. He met her in Denver, but she couldn't get ready in time to come here when he did. Ah, I see. I had to come ahead on
5: business. Couldn't wait. We'll take the Santa Fe to St. Louis from here. They're going to be married in St. Louis, Mr. Dillon.
3: Wow. Well,
5: congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. Uh... But is the stage always this late? He's worried, Mr. Dillon, with his girl
3: on stage and (laughs) all. It'll be a long, Mr. Carter. You talking about the stage? Oh, hello, Shiloh.
5: Shiloh says he's been sitting there by himself all morning, Mr. Dillon.
2: Since last night, Chester.
3: You know something about the stage, Shiloh?
2: Only that it's carrying 50,000 in gold out of Leadville. So? So? Maybe that's why it's late.
5: What do you mean, man?
2: Well, if somebody wanted that goal, they'd have to stop the stage long enough to get it unloaded, wouldn't they?
3: Bandits. He means bandits. Now, now hold it, Mr. Carter. You're already bleeding and nobody's shot you. Yet? Uh, what? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Just take it easy. The stage will get here, all right. It's often a little oh, late. But this man says it might have been held up. Why, there may have been a shooting. Why, now, now, he's just daydreaming. That's uh, all. Wait, wait a minute. Listen, huh? Well, there it is now. Oh. Yeah. See, Mister Carter, there was nothing to worry about. It
2: got here all yeah. right.
4: Marshal, hey, Marshal, come
5: here. What is it, Jim? Uh, got held up, Marshal? What? Lost fifty thousand gold. Where'd this happen? Uh, about twenty miles back near Cottonwood Draw. But anybody shot? other shot, fired. He tricked it. But Marshal, uh, where's Jay? What? Huh? Driver. Where's the girl who was on this stage? What's happened to her? That's what I started to tell you, Marshal. There's a tree across the road. We got down to move it. This rider got to drop off us. He's all alone. Never mind all that. Where's the girl? He took the gold. Took the girl, too. What? He took Jane? You mean to tell me you let him take Jane? Well, now, mister, there weren't much choice. He held a shotgun on us. And they're gone before we could do a thing. Oh, but this,
3: this is impossible. Now, take it easy, Mr. Carter. We'll find them all. You'll find it? You were off fishing when it happened. What kind of blow is there around here, anyway? Easy, Mr. Carter.
5: I took one of the team after, Marshal, but I couldn't get near him. He had an extra saddle horse with him. Put her on that. I see. But I don't think he planned on kidnapping that girl. Where way it was, he just looked at her and told her to come along.
3: Did you recognize him, Jim?
5: No. Those horses are both sorrel. By no. heaven, Marshal, you'd better get her back here at once, or I'll pick this up with Washington. I'll see you disgraced. Shut my... up, Carter.
3: Chester, go get our horses and a couple of rifles i got a few more details from Jim here. Well, don't you want a posse, Mr. No, there'd be too much shooting around that girl. Now hurry, will you? Yes, sir, I'll hurry, Mr. Mark my
5: words. We'd better have Jane back here by night, Marshal. You care else?
3: to ride along, Mr. Carter? Uh,
5: no. No, I, I'm, I'm not equipped for that sort of thing. I, I'll take care of matters at this end.
3: Yeah. All right, now, Jim, now tell me first exactly what happened.
5: Well, we just come down into the draw about a 100 yards from the creek...
3: A blood-red sun was drooping over the edge of the prairie when Chester and I reached Cottonwood Draw. We rode hard until night fell, and and we had to stop and wait for daylight. But with morning, we drew a heavy rain that washed out every track. We rode on anyway. For the next three days, we scouted a big piece of that country. But it was hopeless. Finally, we headed back to Dodge. Empty-handed. Did you get a Bartender, bring me a bottle, with you? Sure, Matt. Where is she, Marshal? Is she all right? Carter, I... I'm, I'm sorry. What?
5: You mean you didn't find them?
3: Rain washed out their trail first morning. We... We never picked it up again. They could be anywhere. You came back without her. We did what we could, Carter. Now, we'll just have to wait for word of some kind. you will be seen sooner or later.
5: Wait. Well,
3: I won't wait. This will cost you your job, Marshal. I promise you that. Look, Carter, if it'd make you feel better, why don't you ride out yourself? It
5: isn't my job to keep the law around here, Marshal. It's yours.
3: Yeah. Hm. Say, Marshal. <laughs> Yeah, what is it, Shiloh? Big Kate wanted to see you when you got back. Asked me to tell you. Big Kate? All right, thank you.
6: Come in. Hmm. No luck, eh, Matt?
3: How'd you know, Kate?
6: I can tell by looking at you.
3: It's thousands and thousands of miles, that prairie. It'd been just luck if we'd found him.
6: Nobody's blaming you, Matt.
3: No. Carter is. And I suppose it's hard on him. His fiance and all that.
6: Carter's no good, Matt.
3: Well, I never liked him, but I suppose that doesn't matter.
6: And I'll tell you why he's no good.
3: What? Huh? Do you know something, Kate?
6: Mm. Carter's been drunk a lot while you were out. He was bragging to one of the girls last night. Bragging? What? About what? Not much, to my way of thinking. Well, go on. Well, to make it short, seems Jane's father got into a big deal with Carter up in Denver. Yeah. Carter got him tied up good and and threatened to ruin him.
3: Well, Well, so what happened?
6: He didn't ruin him. He took Jane instead.
3: Yeah. Well, maybe she
6: likes him. <laughs> you don't know much about women, do you, Matt? you think a boughten bride is likely to be in love with a man?
3: So that's what I have to bring her back to.
6: Well, what are you going to do about it?
3: <laughs> what can I do, Kate? Just have to wait. And see what turns up. <laughs> I waited. I waited a week. Carter was drunk the whole time, telling everybody how he was going to fix me good. I'm not doing much about it except stay out of my way. And things were fairly quiet. Chester and I spent most of our time in the office. Well, he sure fooled me, Mr. Dillon. Now, Carter? Yes, sir.
6: He seemed like such a nice fella. And so rich.
3: He's rich, all right. But poor in spirit. (laughs) You've been going to church again, Chester. (laughs) Yes, Mr. Dillon, last Sunday. Oh, last Sunday. Uh, Didn't it uh, rain last Sunday? Oh, I like church, Mr. Dillon. But I sure do hate to get all dressed up. You the marshal? Yeah, I
5: am. Here you've been looking for a man and a woman.
3: You know anything, mister?
5: My name's Chad Brown. Just rode in from Satana. Yeah? There was a man and a woman about 80 miles back on the trail.
3: What color horses were they on?
5: Well, as soon as they saw me, they rode off, so I didn't get very close. But both horses were the same color. I guess maybe so.
3: Are you willing to ride back with me, Mr. Brown? I don't know, Marshal. I've got an awful thirst. That woman's out there against her will. I'll go. I'll get our horses. Uh, no, 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 Chester. Uh be better if you wait here this time. We'll be back in a few days. With luck. Let's go, Mr. Brown.
2: We will return for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment. But first, Frank Fontaine now brings you comedy with four members of the Frank Fontaine family, guest stars, and a delightful cast of entertainers, Sunday nights on CBS Radio. Listen in for the Frank Fontaine Show tomorrow night. It's refreshing summer listening. So, just for fun, try the Frank Fontaine Show tomorrow night on CBS Radio. Now, the second act. Of Gun Smoke.
3: Chad Brown and I covered the 80 miles in a day and a half. The outlaws trail headed south for a few miles and then turned northeast back in the general direction of Dodge. It was hot and still. On the horizon, there were occasional flashes of heat lightning. And then in the distance, we saw the long, low cloud of yellow dust that spelled cattle. The Texas herd trailing north. The kidnappers' tracks led straight into it, and an hour later, we pulled up not far from the swing of the herd. A line of long horns stretched for several miles across our trail. We watched him, looking for a lag to ride through. All of a sudden, a rider came hallooing down on us.
4: Hold up! Hold up there! Oh,
3: boy, oh! You ain't aiming to cross that herd, are you? Have you seen anything of a man and a woman around here, mister? Was they mounted? Yeah, a couple of sorrels. It don't matter. I ain't seen nothing but cattle and cowboys for six weeks. Besides, these cattle are plenty uneasy. They've been dry since yesterday morning, and that heat lightning ain't soothing to 'em. This herd's crossed the trail of an outlaw and a kidnapped woman, Mister. That's so. Well, you just have to wait. You can ride around a draw back there. But you can't cut through this herd, Mister. Look, I'm a U.S. Marshal out of Dodge, and I haven't got any time to waste. You think we can? Well, I sure appreciate your problem, Marshal, but I can't help you. I'm trail boss of this outfit, and I got three thousand head of cattle here worth maybe twenty dollars a head. At Dodge, they're too nervy now, and I sure can't chance your touching them off by riding through there. I guess he's right, Marshal. It'd be pretty risky. From the
5: look of them, they're moving too fast now.
3: Yeah, I know. Just that I hate to lose the time. You got more time than I got cattle, Marshal. Well, I don't know about that. But I won't tempt the stampede, mister. We'll ride around the drag. We'll see you in Dodge. The other still running? Yeah, it is. Mostly on Texas money. Adios. (laughs) Adios. We rode down along the herd and back up the other side, about a four-mile deep tour. But we picked up the trail again and followed it till dark. Next morning, we found the outlaw still headed straight for Dodge, and all we could figure was that he must be new to the country and just plain lost. Naturally, he wanted to avoid asking questions of anybody. By noon, we were in sight of town, and during the last hour, neither Brown nor I said a word. Finally, we rode up Front Street and got down at the jail. Mr. Dillon? We got him. Mr. Dillon. They rode right in here early this morning. Gave himself up, huh? Yes, sir. I got the man locked up and back, and the money is over at the bank. Oh, good. How's the girl, Chester? Oh, she's fine. A little
6: tired, but fine. Yeah. Well, what's his story? Who is he? He calls himself Scott Cooley, but he won't say anything more at all, Mr. Dillon. I, I just gave up on him. I thought I'd better wait for you.
3: Yeah, all right. I'll talk to him first, and then I want to see the girl. Where is she? I didn't like it, Mr. Dillon, but I didn't see what I could rightly do about it. What do you mean? What happened? Well, she sure didn't want to go with him, but that Mr. Carter came here and just the same as dragged her off. She went finally, but I sure don't like it. Well, they didn't leave Dodge, did they? Oh, no, sir. There's no train till tomorrow. there at the hotel. Oh, all right. I'll go over there later, Chester. Yeah, so you're Scott Cooley, huh? You're new around here, aren't you? Well, anyways, I never saw you before, Marshal. Well, I've tried hard enough to meet up with you, Cooley. You're in trouble, you know—bad trouble. Marshal, you've got anything to say? Just say it right out. I got nothing to say. I'm just curious why you rode into Dodge. That's all. What do you care? I'm here. You got the money back, and uh, and what? Oh, leave me alone, Marshal. Just leave me alone. You gotta talk sometime. Now, listen, Marshal. I'm ready to serve my time. That's why I gave myself up. But talk, no. I don't have to talk. Not for you. Not for anybody else. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, Cooley. Have it your way. Marshal. Yeah? Marshal, you... You going to... See, Jane? Yeah. Why? What are you going to see her about? Find out what happened? Yeah. Marshal, I don't suppose you'd let me out of here just long enough to kill Carter. You mean the girl told you about it? I wouldn't care if I hanged for it. It'd be worth it to kill him. Mm Mm-hmm. Tell me something... What makes you think what you did's any better? Well, I, You wouldn't understand, Marshal. But you... Uh, you do what you can for her, will you? Anything else you want to tell me? No, that's all. Matt Dillon. What do you want? Open the door, Carter. I want to talk to the girl.
5: Some other time, Marshal. You want me to kick the door open?
3: You're asking for trouble, Carter. Yeah. Uh, how do you do, miss? I'm Marshal Dillon.
7: How do you do, Marshal?
3: I, uh, I know you've been through a lot, miss, but I have to get the whole story from you so as I can file the proper charges against this outlaw, Scott Cooley.
7: You want to use me to put him in prison? Is that it?
3: Well, he's committed two crimes, robbery and kidnapping. We will want him up for both.
7: Doesn't the fact that he gave himself up and, and returned the money help at all?
3: I, I'm afraid I don't gather your drift.
5: Then let it go at that, Marshal. We're leaving Dodge on the next train. So Jane won't be here to testify anyway.
3: Now. Is that what you have in mind, Jane?
7: No. I mean, I don't know. Oh, please. She's
3: upset enough. Marshal, leave her alone. If I want anything out of you, Carter, I'll knock it out and I'll shut up. You can't talk to me like that.
7: Wait. Marshal, I'll I'll tell you all about it, but first. Yeah? Well, not in front of him. Make him go out, and then I'll tell you.
3: All right, Carter.
5: Outside. Don't you order me around. This is my room.
4: I'll throw you
3: If I open the door and find you around, I'll throw you all
5: the way
4: downstairs. Now get it. All
3: right, now. Jane, you can talk.
7: Can I trust you, Marshal? Really trust you?
3: Well, that's up to you. But I'll tell you this. I know about Carter. About you and Carter, that is.
7: Then you, you know how I hate him.
3: Yeah? But right now I'm curious about this kidnapping. What happened? Why did Cooley give himself up?
7: Because we decided we we couldn't live being hunted down the rest of our lives.
3: Ah. So you were in on it with him, huh?
7: No, Marshal. The first time I ever saw Scott Cooley was when he held up the stage.
3: I'd like to believe that.
7: Very simple, Marshal. I love Scott Cooley. What? I love him.
3: Oh, now, look, Jane. Girls like you just don't go around falling in love with outlaws.
7: Don't they, Marshal?
3: No, they don't. I did. Then either you're crazy or you're lying to me. And if you weren't a woman, I'd throw you in jail right along with him.
7: I'm a woman, Marshal, but I have no objection to going to jail with Scott. Now,
3: then you admit you're his accomplice. No.
7: I suppose it's hard for you to understand, Marshal. It is. Well, I'll try to make it simple. You see, Scott doesn't know why he took me with him when he held up the stage. He's never done anything like that before. It just seemed perfectly natural to him. He saw something he wanted and he took it. That's all.
3: I'm afraid the court will look at it somewhat differently.
7: Well, I I suppose he'll go to prison for the holdup, but not for kidnapping. Why not? Because I'll testify that I went with him of my own free will.
3: I almost wish you two hadn't ridden back to Dodge. Marshall. Yeah.
7: You said you know about Bob Carter and me. Yeah. Well, Scott's been wild and and he's done wrong, but, but he's never done anything really evil.
3: Well, maybe you're better off with Cooley. If he straightens out.
7: You know I am. Don't you, Marshal?
3: It's no business of mine. I, I'm a peace officer and not a matchmaker. My job's to keep Cooley under arrest and get him up for trial, and that's all. Now, what you do is your own business. You can testify any way you like. I, I can't
7: stop that. Oh, please. Marshal, help me. There's no one else who can.
3: Yeah, who is it? It's
5: Carter. Open this door. Huh.
3: Well, gentlemen.
5: There are four of us here, Marshal. We figure you've talked to Jane long enough.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think I have, Mr. Carter. You're leaving. Yeah, yeah, we're leaving. Are you ready, Jane?
7: Oh, thank you, Marshal. Yes, I'm ready
3: Jane isn't going with you I've just put her under arrest Under arrest? I arrest anybody I think needs arresting Mr. Carter And I'm not in the habit of explaining why There's a
5: law about that You're a dodge, Mr.
3: Carter Come along, Jane You can't do this, Dylan We don't stand for it Ah, you're a fool, Carter I know these three bums you got with you And they don't want to draw on me any more than you do you fed them some liquor and promised them more. For that, they'll do anything. Anything but face me in a gunfight. Am I right, boys? Huh? Well, I take it I am. All right, now get out of my way. Huh? You go first, Jane. You stay here, Jane. Take your hands off
4: her, Mr. <laughs>
3: Just step over him, Jane.
6: Dylan, I don't
3: like to say anything. Well, then don't, Chester. But I can't help it, Mr. Dylan. This is the first time you've ever jailed a woman, and I just don't like it. <laughs> Good. What? I don't like it either, Chester.
2: What's this all about, Mr. Dylan?
3: Chester, Jane and Cooley are in love. My. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look so dewy-eyed about it. Cooley's got to stand trial yet. You know? I want no part of this, Marshal. Now what, Shiloh? Never did like that Carter. Well, what's he up to? Oh, uh, sir, he's drunk and he's buying liquor for everyone. He's making a lot of talk. There's about twenty men with him now. Where? Texas Trail. Nobody likes it about this girl. Looks like they'll come over here and try to bust her out of jail. <laughs> Chester. Yes, sir? Those horses still out back? Yes, sir. I was going to put them away later. No, leave them. Leave them. Uh, now, will you get over to the Texas Trail and stall those men for a while? Huh? All right, Mr. Dillon. Come on, Shiloh. Not, Not me. I'm going to bed. I got two times last night.
1: Got the wood head out.
3: Coley? Yeah? Come on up. What is this, Just Martin? hurry it up, will you? Let's go, Jane. Oh, no, no. Stay where you are, Jane. I don't know. You'll like do what you. I tell you, Cooley.
7: It's all right, Scott. We can trust him. Yeah,
3: but I don't know what he's Scott. got. Well. All right, Jane, if you say so. All right, now, off back. Here yeah, that way. Now, come on, let's move. All right, you take the gray horse, Jane. He's gentle enough. But hurry, will you? sir Come here. Come on,
7: boy. Where are we going, Marshal?
3: We're going to Hayes City. Cooley's going to stand trial there. Yeah. They
7: got the money back, Scott. They can't do much to you.
3: I know. But there's that, that kidnapping, too.
7: I won't testify. That's all.
3: Jane, you're going to have to testify. You'll be in contempt of court if you refused.
7: Then I'll lie. Anyway, I did go of my own free will. After a while, anyway.
3: That's perjury. But you don't have to do that either. There's an easier way. How? Well, before I deposit Cooley in the Hayes City Jail, we might just make a little stop.
7: What do you mean, Marshal? Stop where?
3: We, uh, we're gonna stop at the preacher's. You know, a married woman can't testify against her husband. (laughs) Come on, honey. Let's ride.
2: Gunsmoke. Transcribed under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was especially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in tonight's cast were John Stevenson, Larry Dobkin, and Patricia Walter, with Mary Lansing, Herb Ellis, Jonathan Hole, Jim Nusser, and Frank Gerstle. Harley Bear is Chester. Join us again next week. As Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke.
1: Stay tuned for Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy and an old friend, Mortimer Snurd, makes an appearance too.
8: The makers of Chase and Sanborn Coffee present Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy with William Gaxton, Victor Moore, Mortimer Snurd, Dale Evans, The Sportsman, Yours truly, Bill Goodwin, our special guest, Teddy Lamar, star of the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer production Heavenly Body, and Ray Noble and his orchestra.
9: Again. Yes, Charlie. Uh, can I have a few words with you? Uh, I suppose so. What is it? Well, we uh, we uh, we've been together a long time haven't we? Yes, we have, Charlie. Yes, we have, yes. Yeah. And uh, we uh, we're not getting any younger especially you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that applies to you too, Charlie. Yes, it does. I know. I'm I'm growing out of my youthhood, but I'm uh, I'm not uh, as mature financially as I ought to be. <laughs> so it's uh, money again. Well, I'm in to break it. Well, my unfortunate friend, do you mean to say you you have no money in your piggy bank? Not a sound. Not a sound. <laughs> well, how does that happen? Well. My piggy bank went to market once too often. Oh, I see. Yes. Well, it's a, it's a tragic story, Charlie. A tragic story. Yes. And it it touches me deeply. It do? Yes. Well, do it go as deep as your pocketbook? And do? <laughs> no, it would, Charlie, if I hadn't heard the story so many times before. Oh. You are always financially embarrassed. Yes, it's true. How is that? Well, I... I come from a long line of short people. Oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well. I would give you more money, Charlie. You would, yes. If I didn't think it was wrong and dangerous. How can a little more money be dangerous? Well, well, there, uh, there, there might be germs on the money. What? Germs? Uh, germs on the money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a new one. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that's pretty good. <laughs> if that's I must be the healthiest kid in town. (laughs) Uh, Charlie, you're always asking for more money, though. But, Mr. Bergen, I'm not asking for more money. Oh, you're not? No. well, then what is it? Well, I feel... I feel that a man in my position should have a checking account. Yes. Yes. And what is your position? Well, I'm flat broke. You're flat (laughs) broke. Uh, Checking a cow about 75 cents a week. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what will you think of next? I'll work out something. (laughs) Yes. I was hoping I might get my allowance for, you know, two or three months in a lump sum. I see. In advance. Yes. You know, it might teach me responsibility. Oh, I see. Well, I think it would, yes. Yeah? Yes. I think maybe we can do that, Charlie. Yeah? Yes. This will be a noble experiment. Oh, it sure will, yes. You mean you'll do it? Well, I'll think about it. I'll open a checking account for you and put in $12. You will? Yes. Now, that's four months' allowance. Yeah. How soon can I have it? Well, I'll open your account Monday morning. Yeah. Yes. Whee! whee. <laughs> Monday afternoon, there's going to be a one-man run on that bank. <laughs> But remember, that money has to last you for four months. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Don't you worry, Bergen. All right. I'll prove to you I'm a good businessman. Well, I hope so, Charlie. Then someday, why, you'll be a great help to me when I'm old and gray. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I won't do it. I won't. It. <laughs> a smart crack now might cost me 12 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Now, there are a few things I want to caution you about, Charlie. You must guard your checkbook. Yes, sir. And you mustn't overdraw your account. Oh, no, sir. Well, there's one more thing, though. What is it? Is this this bank good? Oh, of course. I think it's good. Yes. Yes, I think they have a reserve of, uh, oh, I think it's around $3 million. $3 million, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that ought to last me a little while. (laughs) (laughs) What are the chances of me hitting the jackpot? No, (laughs) no. you, fellas. Now, don't tell me that you need money, too. No, no. (laughs) No money. Just a few words. Well, I don't know. Shall we give Mr. Gangston a couple of words, Bill? Uh... Well, uh, Edgar, I guess we could spare one or two short ones. Now, listen, fellas, I'm going to direct a picture and I'm trying to find a leading man. Oh. you know of anyone?
4: Oh, uh, yes. yes, 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 I, 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 uh...
9: But well,
8: probably it is the type you're looking for, Billy. But you see, I'm tied up at Patamount.
4: As
0: much as that, yes.
9: <laughs> Gaxton, I know you want me, but Charlie doesn't allow me to appear in a picture without him. It's just one of those... Yes, <laughs> well, neither one
8: of you would do, you see. Oh, what yeah. I'd better
9: find is a tall, handsome, debonair, smooth-looking young fella, a gorgeous hunk of man, a husky Tarzan who will out-Tarzan Tarzan. Uh, (laughs) Well, there's your man, Billy Right there, Victor Moore Oh, 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 no, no, you'd never do
10: No, Mr. Gaxon, I know there's a shortage of handsome actors So I want to volunteer on account of the shortage My dear friend,
9: there's a shortage, not a famine
10: (laughs) Now, don't be too hasty. My relatives tell me I have the features of Robert Taylor, the voice of Cary Grant and the physique of Tyrone Power.
9: Too bad it all comes out porky pig.
10: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think I'm prettier than he is. Well, I'd like to get into Western pictures. Don't you think I'm the tough and rugged type that could bulldog a steer? Well,
9: you certainly got the face for it.
10: Mm. Tell me, Mr. Moore, have you uh, have you ever made a test for any of the studios? Oh, sure. I made a test for a studio once, and they kept calling me for three days. But I never went there. Mm-hmm. Playing hard to get, huh? No, I just didn't like what they were calling me. <laughs> <laughs> well,
9: Well, I'm gonna give you a trial anyway. You see, the part I have in mind calls for you to stand on top of a hill and face the camera so everyone can see your big, beautiful brown eyes. I got those from my mother. Yes, (laughs) the women in the audience are spellbound and thrilled at your broad, manly shoulders. I got those from my father. Yes. As you stand there smiling, we see your glittering white pearly
10: teeth. I got. Them from a friendly tended crevice.
9: (laughs) Oh, Mr. Moore, let's face it. You see, you're not the romantic type. Now look at your figure. You're so big around the middle, you don't even need a belt.
10: I know it. My pants establish a beachhead, and my stomach holds it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, with that shape, why aren't you wearing
9: a girdle? (laughs) My wife got up this morning and beat me (laughs) to (laughs) it. Well, I tell you what I'm going to do, Mr. Moore. You might have hidden talents. By a strange coincidence, I have a scene from the picture right here. Now, we go over it together. Me and you? Okay, yeah. dokie. Now, I tell you, it's a great story. You see, you will play the part of a strong, dashing hero, and I am a petite Russian princess. You're a princess? Yes, I'm a princess. I speak first, you see. You ready? Here we go. Oh, my little Boblitschke, look into my eyes and whisper those three little words that mean comfort, bliss. In contentment. You know those three little words. Don't you, Boris? Yes, scratch my back. <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. Let's, let's come on now. Let's let's start again. Now, here we go. Come on. Boris, my sweetheart, I cannot stand it any longer. Let us run away together. What time, Boris? Shall I be ready? Sonia, my
10: darling. First of all, I must go in the house and shave, Mother.
9: No, Mother. No. no, 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 no. That says you've got to go in the house and shave. Mother will be here at 6 o'clock. Go ahead. No, no. Wait, Read the speech here. Read right.
10: Sonia, your cheeks are the color of rose petals. Petals, petals. Yes, yes. Your lips are like wine. Your nose, your nose. It's continued on the next page.
9: <laughs> You're reading the directions. I've never
8: heard such a bad performance.
10: Well, why couldn't you change it into a Western picker? That's where I'd really show you some matter. But I'm not casting a western picker. Bang, bang, bang! Gimme the boots and turtles! Bang, bang, bang! You fellas, give me them there. Papers round here at the baby. Yeah. Bang! Now, wait, bang no, wait, wait, wait. Cut it out. Wait a minute now. Send back, you dirty cattle rustlers. I'm venomous now, victor the two thin men.
9: Bang! Wait bang. a minute. Stop it. Stop bang, it. Stop bang. it. I say stop it. Bang, stop bang. it. Stop it. Stop, it. stop, it. stop it. You hear me? Stop it. I don't want to hear another bang from you.
6: Gang.
4: <laughs>
9: I told you I didn't want to hear another bang.
4: Well, I had empty the gun, didn't I? Oh, <laughs>
8: Dale Evans comes forth with a very interesting invitation. Put your arms around me, honey. Hold me tight. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Goodwin accepts, this Evans. Fellas... <laughs>
4: Lips to ours, and I.
7: Put your arms around me, honey, hold me tight. Huddle up and cuddle up with all your might. Oh, babe, won't you hold those eyes, eyes black.
4: I just idolize
7: when they look at me, my heart begins to float, then it starts a rockin' like a
11: motorboat.
7: Oh babe, I never knew any boy like you.
4: Put your arms around me, honey. Hold me tight. Let's have
11: a blackout. You and me tonight. Oh, <mumbles> oh
4: won't you know your eyes? Oh, we know you'll tell those little lies. Don't
10: talk to me like that. I don't know what you mean. Oh,
4: yes, you do. We're to you. We're not so green. Oh,
11: Two to only one. Only one? Well, maybe two. Only two. Maybe three and maybe four. If they were all like you.
9: In my arms, in my arms, I just gotta get a girl in my arms. Oh, are you back? <laughs> yeah, you're feeling pretty chippy this evening, aren't you, Bagot? Yes, yes. Yes, it's it's a lovely evening this evening. Lovely evening. Yeah? Yes. What's the matter with you? <laughs> What's that stuff you got on your culture? What's that stuff, you know It happens to be perfume. Yeah. Yes. Or de cologne. Oh, is this so. <laughs> yes. it smells more like an afternoon in a glue factory. No. <laughs> That's all right. Say, well you you're looking pretty sharp, aren't you? Yeah, oh, thank you. What's going on, Bergen? What's what's up your sleeve? Well, what's uh what's all on? What's on <laughs> <laughs> Well, you you know who our guest is this evening, don't you? Yeah, Hedy Lamar. Well? Well? Well Are you kidding, Bergen? <laughs> <laughs> you you and Hedy Lamar? Yeah. Why don't you give up? (laughs) What's so unusual about me feeling a little romantic? Romantic? Yes. Oh, nothing. Only aren't you swinging after the ball went by? Well, now... (laughs) All right, I admit I'm not a college boy. Boy, there's a concession. Yes. (laughs) But there's no harm in trying to recapture my youth. Capture your youth? Yes. First, you better try and recapture your little age. You nah, no. <laughs> My dear boy, age is not everything. It's how you feel. That's what counts. Yeah. Yes. How can you say that? You who've been going steady with a hot water bottle now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't keep this. Oh, Goodwin. Yes, John. How do you like Bergen? He thinks he's going to go, you know, get someplace with Hedy Lamar? Oh, really? <laughs>
8: Oh, uh, now aren't you a little optimistic, Edgar? Well, confidentially, I thought maybe you
9: boys would help me. Help you, with Lamar? Yes. Are you mad? Yes. <laughs> what are we, Tim? <laughs> all, right, all right. I thought I might even go as far as uh, make it worth your while financially. Yeah. Oh, well, now that's
11: different.
9: Tell us more, good looking. All right.
4: <laughs> I
9: have always been on the side of truth and fair play. Oh, no. Unless
8: there's something in it for me. Yes! Yeah, uh, by the way, Edgar, how much is there in it? Well, I planned on
9: giving you fifty cents apiece. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll get just what you pay for. And cheap is cheap, buddy. Alright. All right. Hello,
11: Charlie. <laughs> Chick is quick
9: and she comes. Yes. It. Well, Hedy Lamar.
11: <clears throat> Hello, Bill.
9: Hello, Charlie Wally. Oh.
11: Hello, Heddy
8: Charlie. Charlie, remember the fifty cents.
4: Mm-hmm.
8: What?
9: Fifty cents. Fifty cents, remember? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I've made the dumbest deal in my life. Hedy, <laughs> we we've got a TL for you. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yes, we have, Hedy We know someone who
8: likes you very much. Oh,
11: he's just crazy about you. That's wonderful. Tell me about him. What's he like?
9: Well, he... <sighs> <laughs> Here's where we go to work, Goodwin.
8: Yeah. <laughs> well, Hetty, this man we're talking about, he's, um yeah. he's, well, uh,
4: mm-hmm.
8: oh, you wouldn't believe it.
11: <laughs> now, stop teasing me, boys. Who is it? Is he unattached? Unattached. Mm hmm. Yes, he's practically falling apart. <laughs> I suppose he's dark and handsome.
8: Oh, certainly. Yeah, watch it,
11: good watch him.
8: <laughs> well, he's, uh, handsome in the dark.
11: Yeah! <laughs> yeah he's
8: a he's a real, uh, pinup boy. Yeah.
11: He sounds more like a bent pinup boy.
8: <laughs> no, not at all. He's a fine figure of a man.
9: Yeah, yes, he has a nice figure. Hey, if you care for avocados, <laughs> And what a body. A, a fine blend of quality, character, and deep-down goodness. So, hey, hey, when hey, it's hey. coffee you're buying, no. it's your grocer for Chase and sandwich. No, 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 no. What is this? Hey, Goodwin, never mind a regular grind stuff. Let's get back to the drip, you know.
8: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm... Dreadfully sorry, I was carried away.
11: Now, tell me more about this superman. Uh, is he the athletic type? Athletic?
8: Is he? Well, once he swam the Mississippi River...
11: Oh, when was that? The day they put in a toll bridge. (laughs) You know, I like a man of interesting moods. One who is quiet and conservative one moment and glamorous and dashing the next.
8: Well, he's a convertible model... Uh, yes mm-hmm.
9: Slightly worn top Oh, <laughs> well,
11: I hope he's well-read and a student of the classics oh. uh, Does he know Chaucer and Tennyson? Is he familiar with Lord Byron? Is he familiar with Lord Byron? Only last night
9: they had dinner together uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, Charlie, he's dead No, he always looks that way <laughs> Oh, you mean Byron? Yes. Oh, I wouldn't know
11: about that Oh, boys, it isn't fair to keep me in suspense any longer. You must let me meet him. No
9: sooner said than done. Oh, back again. Here I am. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello, Mr. Byron.
11: Oh. So you're the one they were telling me about.
9: <laughs> yes, yes. I'm the boy. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
8: Uh, well, Miss Lamar, tell me, how, how do you feel about our client?
11: Oh, it's no use, fellas, but no one can say you didn't try. No. Really, I admire you boys for your loyalty.
9: Well, thank you, ma'am.
11: <laughs> so think you do all that for a friend? Yes,
9: for a friend and 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> right.
11: So that's it. You were doing it for money. Well, I don't. Now really. I'm disappointed in all of you. Well, but after all, Hattie, we, yeah. we we
8: were just trying to...
11: What wouldn't I give to meet a man who was just himself? Frank, honest, and unassuming.
9: Hello, oh. <laughs> oh. oh. oh, everybody. Oh, me. <laughs> Hello. Hello, Miss Lamar. Malay, 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 Malay,
11: Malay. <laughs> By Why my you know, I was just saying I'd like to meet a man who was down to earth. Yeah. Someone who is really simple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess
2: I
9: got what it takes, haven't
11: I? <laughs> man, come over here.
9: No, I'm close enough.
11: No, no, you're no, not. No, you're come not. on
9: over.
11: <laughs> I won't bite
9: you. Uh, uh, I wish you would. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
11: and now, don't be afraid of me, Mortimer. No. I only want to hold your hand. Oh, no, no, you Now, no, please. No. No, you know. Pretty please? Now, no, 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 please no. hold my hand.
1: No, 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 no. Why are you going to
9: do it? That's all. Why not? Well, I'll okay. hate myself in the morning. <laughs> Mortimer, what's the matter with you? What do you mean? How can you be so stupid? Hmm. I got a priority. Oh, that's... <laughs>
11: Something. Mortimer, haven't you ever been out with a girl?
9: Well, sure. Uh, I had a date once. Oh, where uh, did you go? Well, we sat on the front porch in a swing. So <laughs> oh, hard did we swing. Oh.
11: <laughs> what else did you do?
9: Well, I looked at her. Yes, you looked at her? Yeah. You know what she did? No. She looked at me. Oh,
11: she looked at you, uh, huh? Yeah. And, and and then what?
9: Well, Shucks, ain't that enough for one night? <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, a word from Edgar Bergen. It was my good fortune during the past year to visit and entertain our servicemen in Alaska, the Aleutians, and Newfoundland. I saw them in the far-off outposts where they were living in anything but comfortable surroundings, but despite their inconveniences, I found them eager and anxious to do their part to destroy the enemy that is trying so hard to destroy us. That means that our men are ready to give their lives if necessary. While here at home, we are asked to do very little more than to invest our money in war bonds. We are not asked to give anything, but just loan our own government the money it needs to provide our men with the equipment and supplies they require to win this war for us. Every person who possibly can should buy one or more additional bonds during this third war loan drive. Ladies and gentlemen, if our men are to reach Berlin and Tokyo, the least we can do is pay their fare with bonds. We cannot afford to fail.
4: When
8: we all get together again next week, Charlie will meet up with an old pal and arch enemy, Charles Lawton. Since Messrs Lawton and McCarthy don't always see eye to eye, we're looking forward to a hectic and hilarious evening. That's next week at the usual time. Plus the two Charlies, of course, Edgar Bergen and Mortimer Snurd will be on hand as well as Victor Moore, William Gaxton, Ray Noble, and his orchestra, and one of the finest singing groups we've ever heard, the Pied Piper's. This week, when you're buying coffee, think of us. Ask for Chase and Sanborn, coffee made to serve in times like these. This is Bill Goodwin saying goodnight from Hollywood's Radio City.
1: Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Inner Sanctum, followed by The Great Gildersleeve. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support.